So what's up guys? How's it going? Doing another episode here. Um, got a little bit of a new logo up here. Uh, it's a picture that Caleb took back in the day. It's our background page on the, uh, or not ours, my background page on the Craft Conversations uh, Facebook page. So Leia, back in the Zen Garden. I'll tell you what, this thing doesn't look anything. And if you're not watching the video, if I haven't gotten the video to work, I'm sorry. But it's a picture of my backyard, the Zen Garden, picture of Leia uh, down along the pathway, down near the fountain. You can see some of the, the shrubbery and the, um, the whatever, uh, flowers, I guess, plants on, the, on both sides of the path. But if I was to take a picture right now, you probably couldn't even see Leia. It's like a, it's a miniature rainforest out there is what it really is, guys. <clears throat> the the amount of rain and the sunshine that we've had back to back has just made shit around here grow out of control but anyway um i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you i'm always honest with you guys i've had a a, a couple beers tonight before the podcast i try not to do that much very often anymore but um got off work from uh one job and went up to lowe's foods to kind of uh hang out with a couple people that go there on Thursday nights and to have a beer before I went out back out to Homegrown Brewhouse. So they were doing a D9 takeover and they had a sour up there. Not very fond of it. I love D9 sours. I think they do fantastic jobs on sours, but this guy was a sour with ginger and white chocolate. And for some reason, I'm just not a big fan of vanilla or chocolate or white chocolate in my beer, any type of chocolate vanilla-ish type flavors. <clears throat> just not a big fan of it. One of my sour beers. I don't mind them in a stout or a porter or sometimes even an IPA or something like that, but not in my sour. So that was just, you know, the ginger was on point. It was very nice, kind of subtle, but it was there. And I thought it was very tasty. The ginger aspect of it, the puckeredness factor that I like was there as well. But when I got that back end of the of the white chocolate, it just kind of turned me off. So not my favorite from D9, but not bad for what it was. So I would just say that. Also had a, um, I just tasted that guy, but I had a, a, a Hakuna Matata, which is a, it, it's an IPA from those guys. I think it's like six point something percent. Very uh, pineapple, hence the Hakuna Matata, uh, some coconut in there as well. So I liked it. Again, not my favorite. I don't think D9 is kind of in the IPA business. They're more in the sour business. So I think they should probably stick to that for the majority of their beers. But <clears throat> it was okay. It was all right. Drinkable. Left there and then went to Homegrown um, for the Scotty Oliver Band. Third Thursday tonight. So they're always up there. It's a busy night. Uh, Washed a lot of dishes. Um, a lot of tables to clear. Every table in there was packed. Um, really, there was no, there was standing room only at one point. So, good crowd in there. Uh, Tommy did not work tonight. He or did not play tonight. He's working down at Park Circle, accidental one. So it was just Scott, um, Allen on the saxophone, and then Dave on the rhythm guitar there. So, excuse me. Very good as always. Um, decided to come home. I am still working on trying to get the video up from, from Tuesday's episode, guys. I did the video of me at 5 a.m. in the morning, looking like a madman, looking rough. And 
I just can't get these videos to go. You know, I've gotten one video to upload. I've gotten two to upload. The first one that I got to upload, perfect video, looked fantastic, but had no audio. It was like a silent movie up in there. So the second one that I got rendered and exported and then imported or uploaded into YouTube only uploaded in standard definition. So it wasn't high def. It was very grainy and unwatchable as far as I'm concerned. I know a couple people that did watch it, but and said it was fine, but I couldn't watch it because I know what the quality of it was to begin with, what I, what I started working with. And by the time it got uploaded and got into YouTube, it was just not even close to what it was originally. So I didn't like it. <clears throat> so what I did was my desktop here, my laptop, I'm sorry, the Surface Pro that I'm using, the Microsoft Surface Pro, I don't think it's strong enough. I don't think the the RAM, the CPU power, uh, the solid state hard drive in there. I don't think everything is, is fast enough and, and powerful enough to render, um, compress, export, um, encode, all this stuff that you have to do to get this video and audio linked together and ready, and then to upload it to YouTube. I just don't think it's powered, powerful enough because every time I try and export it out of my Premiere Pro, it just seems to probably 80% of the time the computer restarts itself. So the file is just lost. It's got zero bytes uh, exported. I go back in and try and do it again. It restarts or just stops suddenly. So what I did is I pulled my desktop out of storage and I got it plugged in. It's been down for four months. So of course it's doing all kind of updates over there. So as soon as it does all its updates, hopefully, and this is boring as shit, I know, but by the time it does all its updates, hopefully I'm going to be able to get uh, Tuesday's video up on YouTube and then easily export and render this one for tonight as well. So I've got a new logo up on the uh, flat screen here that I just talked about. Or did I talk about it? I don't know. It's Leia. It's in my backyard. It's in the rainforest. At this point in the picture, it is not a rainforest, but with all the rain and sun we've had, it is now uh, a rainforest. And uh, Leia gets lost back there, guys. She really does. But So that's what's going on with the two things. I'm going to open a beer right now to drink. I bought this guy up at Homegrown Brewhouse. Let's talk about that. Homegrown Brewhouse. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They um, have 40 local beers on tap. We're now starting to get some stuff from other states on there as well. Uh, bar food menu. They have bottles and cans for sale on premises or to go. I bought this guy. This is a uh, Westbrook Brewing Company beer. It is from the Fruit Wood Time series. Let's look it up. It is a red raspberry port pipe finish. Mm. All right. So it's a sour. It's a fruited sour. It's a blend of mixed fermentation sour beer from two different oak foders. The blend was racked into two 650-liter tawny port pipes and re-fermented with raspberries for six months. So that sounds fantastic. 5% ABV, and we've got a 4.33 average rating. So I'm going to get my bottle opener out. We're going to pop the top. Oh, my goodness, it smells so good already. We're going to pour this not over my keyboard into my Satan glass. 
I just thought it was a cool glass for tonight. It's going to go great with this uh, color of beer. So if I can get this video up, you're going to see it. It's um, Murder Blood in a Satan glass. Mm. Aged in port. Refermented with red raspberries. Jesus Christ, that's going to be delicious. I'm going to let that sit there and warm up a second. Actually, I'll take a little sip right now. Cheers. Oh my goodness, is that fucking tart. Shit. That's fantastic, though. <laughs> but man, that has some pucker to it. Jesus, makes you lick your teeth, if you know what that means. That can mean a lot of things, guys, but um, we're talking about a sour beer. <laughs> Oak aged sour ale with raspberries added. Jesus. It's a 12.7 ounce bottle. I got five of these guys. This is the Fruit Wood Time Series. Or Fruit. Fruit? the fuck is a Fruit? Fruit Wood Time Series. So it's got fruit in it. It's aged on wood. It's over time. You get it. Blah, blah, blah. So I got five of these guys. This is the first one I'm opening. I got two of these smaller bottles. And then there's uh, three a little bit taller bottles. I'm not sure the actual size on them. But, man, that's delicious. And haven't, hasn't even warmed up. And you know how things go with me. Once things warm up, things start to come out, uh, nuances, characters, flavors, smells, all these different things start to start to effervescence out of the glass, raise up, come out. So I'm looking forward to that. Fruit, wood, thyme, red raspberry, port pipe finished. Let's take a look here and see where we're going. So... Yeah, Homegrown Brew House. Get over there. They got some great bottles and cans for sale. They got 40 taps. Uh, tomorrow is uh, every Friday is New Beer Friday. So everything that we kick during the week, we put up new beers. So you'll have, uh, I think tomorrow you're going to have at least 10 new beers because uh, there was a light kick tonight. And there'll be some new bottles and cans as well. Um, we're doing music tomorrow night. Dan Riley is coming out. So get there from 7 to 9 if you're listening to this. Make plans for tomorrow night. Get out to Homegrown Brew House. Dan Riley, 7 to 9. I'm going to write that down, so I put that in the show notes. Dan Riley. Hold on just a second. Dan Riley. HG. All right. Got some notes going. Um, Lulu.com. We're going to talk about that guy a little bit later on tonight. Uh, I've talked about Lulu, L-U-L-U.com a couple times. It's where you can self-publish your works. If you've written a book, a short story, if you've got uh, some calendars, you got some postcards, you got some poems, anything that you've done creatively and put down on paper that you want to publish, you can go to uh, lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. You can self-publish that works. So you can put it out in hard copies. You can put it out in e-formats. People can download it. They can do whatever they want to. They can get a hard copy, dog ear it, take it to the, take it to the Starbucks with them. Uh, take it to the library, read it. They can go out to the park, to the beach. They got a, a copy they can smell and leaf through and dog ear, whatever. Or you can do an e-format and look at it on your Kindle. Um, wherever you can electronically read stuff. So I'm going to go back into that toward the end of the show. I'm actually going to read the first chapter I wrote out of that book tonight. So we're going to do an audiobook. <clears throat> I haven't read this story in probably probably 10 years. I haven't read this story, so 
that uh, I might hiccup over a few words here and there because um, I'm just not familiar with the content at this point. I used to read it quite often and over and over and over and kind of um, re-edit and look at it and had it down pat. I could almost recite it without even looking at the chapter, but uh, tonight I'm going to read it and we'll see what you think. Maybe it entices you to, to look at the whole book. I don't know, but it was, and I'll tell you the story about how this actual chapter came about. So we'll get to that later on. Um, what else here? So I talked about the video I'm trying to get up. I think it's my Microsoft Surface, computing power tab, blah, blah, blah. blah. Oh, yeah, so I wrote a, um, a little short. You know, I, I talked about this podcast kind of came out of a few different things. And one of the things that came out of was the thing that I do on Facebook called the uh, Dales of Stots from the Zen Garden. And then I have um, views from a bar stool. So I got a couple of different things. I, it's not like a blog. It's just a little short blurb that I write on Facebook most times. So it's not a blog, but it's a blog-ish of sorts, I guess. Just something I observe or a thought I have or <clears throat> something I just want to talk about. So this is what I wrote today. And I'm just going to read it out. So today's going to be a bunch of reading, guys. I don't know. Reading's uh, fundamental, right? It's pretty good for you. So this was published on Facebook today, Dale Stotts, Dale's of Stotts from the Zen Garden. That's me, I think, at the Zen Garden. And then I put my thoughts out there, guys. So piece it together. Get on to it. So a co-worker was yelling at a fly today, telling it to get away from her. She said it's one of the creatures she hates the most. I asked what in the world was wrong with a fly. She replied that you find flies and shit all the time. My reply to that was... Aren't we all in shit sometimes? I mean, sometimes your life is just shit, and you're in it. What if other creatures thought of us like that? We are just roaming around, doing our own thing, and the next thing you know, we're in, sh we're in the shit. What if everyone were disgusted by that and put off by that, and they didn't like us? Flies are just living their lives the best they can, and sometimes it's shitty, but to them it's probably just normal. Hell, sometimes we are the shit. Sometimes we are the ones being stepped on and used as fuel for someone else. I think we should respect the shit flies are going through and they should respect us just the same. We are going through shit. It's just a thought. So, something I put out there. Um, what else? I just want to get to the story, man. I'm going to be done for the night. I'm, I'm doing this quick and down and dirty. I'm going through, I got some Taco Bell on the way. I just finished eating it. It always, Food always makes me phlegmy. I don't know why. It's my, my GI tract. I've got some issues going on. I've had my gallbladder out, guys. I've got a lot of problems in this area of my body. But uh, And then I continue to eat Taco Bell, so I don't know what I'm complaining about. But I just wanted something quick. I didn't feel like coming home and fixing something. I wanted to get to this stuff. I wanted to get to this, try and getting this video uploaded on my desktop over here. So... I stopped by Taco Bell. I got a couple of burritos and a double-decker taco. What was the point I was even making about that? Oh, so I was coming out. I love Taco Bell, and I'm coming out through the uh, Bilo parking lot. There are six sheriff's vehicles sitting there. There's some SUVs. There's some regular, uh, like, Camaros, uh, Dodges, whatever the cars are that they're driving here in Somerville. I don't know, the sheriff's vehicles, SUVs plus cars. There's six of them sitting there. There's a pickup truck, a sheriff's pickup truck, 
you know, the bed of a pickup truck. I don't know what kind of car it was. Probably a Ford or a Chevy, uh, Chevy or a Dodge. All, there's, I counted them. I almost took a picture. I didn't because I didn't want to stop and take a picture and then they'd like pull me over for some stupid reason. <clears throat> there's six of these cops, sheriff, deputies, whatever they're called, sitting around the back of this um, pickup truck like rednecks or whatever. You know, like you would find, I mean, rednecks. You know how rednecks are. I'm not making up any kind of stereotype or anything. These rednecks from around town, that's what they're called. They sit around the back of pickup trucks with their Confederate flags or whatever, and they powwow. Well, these guys were powwowing sheriff, deputies, officers around the back of this pickup truck, a sheriff's truck, a government-owned truck that we pay for with our taxes. And I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they were planning a... uh, a sting on some kind of drug operation or something, or maybe they were getting ready to raid somebody's business or somebody's house, or maybe there was somebody in uh, the Bilo shopping center they were trying to get. But I think they were just shooting, sitting around shooting the shit and wasting taxpayers' money on a Thursday night when they should be out patrolling the streets and protecting the, uh, the innocent and protecting the citizens and serving the town of Somerville and Dorchester County. They're sitting around the po- parking lot of Bilo in uniform, around the back of a truck, bullshitting. Six of them. They could be out saving the world right now. Some woman could be getting raped. Some dog could be out uh, in a dog fight. There could be some cockfighting going on. Um, Who knows? A llama could be biting somebody on the shoulder because they're tall and they can kind of reach your shoulder up there. So these guys should be out patrolling. I don't know what they were doing in the parking lot, but it was like the South Carolina redneck mafia of sheriffs. Sitting around just not doing anything. Um, it could be burglars, rapists, whatever they're supposed to be doing. Why, why are they s- sitting in a parking lot in the back of a pickup truck? I mean, it's like they were on vacation or something. I don't know. You know, the other night they stopped me. I think I talked about this. The other night they stopped me for uh, my third taillight was, was out of my truck. So I've got all these lights around my truck. I got fog lights. I got headlights. I got running lights. I got two working brake lights, which is what... 80% of the vehicles out there have. I didn't have a third brake light. They pulled me over for that. But tonight, six of them are sitting in the parking lot not doing anything. So, I don't know. Just random. Sometimes they want to work. Sometimes they don't. They probably had a, a big quota at the beginning of the month, and now it's the 17th. So, they've kind of slowed down. They've given out all the tickets they need to give out. So, it shouldn't be about quotas, guys. It should be about crime. You know, just get out there and fight crime. I don't know. I told you I didn't have anything to talk about tonight. I really don't. I'm just kind of winging it tonight, but let's taste this beer. Oh, my goodness gracious. That beer is fantastic, guys. The average rating on this, like I said, was a 4.33. I'm going to say at least a 4.5. For sure. So that's pretty heavy for me. That's pretty high. And like you care. Who cares what, what my rating is, right? <clears throat> uh, let's see. I don't know, guys. You know, I went away for a little bit. I kind of just, um, I was gone Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I went to Boone, North Carolina, and then I made a little side trip over to Spartanburg. Spent the entire time by myself. I maybe talked to a couple people in the bar just haphazardly. Didn't really want to. Had my headphones in the the whole time just listening to various podcasts and different things. Um, Just kind of 
I got away, physically got away, and then I kind of mentally got away as well. So I just kind of wanted to be with my own thoughts and be with myself and kind of just reflect and and uh, just kind of work some things out in my head and just kind of see what direction I am headed and, excuse me, trying to regroup at Taco Bell, man. It's not as bad as those jalapenos the other night, but it's, uh, it's there. So just kind of wanted to, to be with my own noise or whatever. But, um, you know, I came back. I went back to work uh, yesterday at Homegrown. Kind of slow. I was a little tired from the trip. Um, I didn't sleep very well uh, the night on the way back. Uh, I didn't get a hotel. I actually pulled over and just slept at a rest area for about five hours. So wasn't the most comfortable thing in the world, but it's not terrible either. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, got up and then drove the next two hours back to the house and then uh, took another little nap before I had to go to work. So just wasn't feeling 100% last night. Still kind of interacted with people and it was fine. You know, I'm a bartender. I got to I gotta put on a face. And I don't even put on a face. I like the job. I love it. And I think it's um, it's pretty cool to sit out there and talk to people and just, you know, I'm just serving beer. It's not a hard job. But today I was a little more into it. I got a little bit more rest. Um, I felt better. Um, worked at the coffee shop. And then, like I said, I went to Lowe's Foods. And then I went uh, to Homegrown. And it was, it's good. It's good to get out in public. You know, we're social animals. I mean, we really do thrive on other people. We, there's a lot of people out there that can be single. They can be all alone. They can never talk to other, to another living soul as long as they live. But the majority of us want companionship. We want interaction. We want to talk to people, we want to trade ideas, we want to trade thoughts, we want to hear how each other's life is going, we want to judge and measure our life against other people's lives sometimes, and that's not the best thing, but but we do that. And other times we just want we just want to laugh. We just want somebody to smile with us, we want somebody to laugh at our jokes, we want somebody to be interested in our stories. We want somebody to to just look us in the eyes and act like they're concerned, act like they're interested. Um, we want physical contact. You know, people like a little handshake. They like a fist bump. They like a little hug. And um, it was just good. You know, every time Third Thursday happens and Scotty Oliver comes out to to homegrown, there comes a lot of people with it that I enjoy and that are friends of mine that I've met over the years. And that I love seeing from time to time. And I wish I saw more of sometimes. But it was just good, you know, to see all those people. It's always great to see Scott. Uh, saw Paul Tree, uh, Paul Stone. Let's just say Paul Stone. I don't know what, I can't pronounce his real last name. But with the Paul Stone Project, uh, of course, Dave was out there and his wife. And Kristen and just um, <clears throat> Caleb was there, of course, working. Just a lot of people, man. I don't want to name everybody. Dwayne was out there, but. It's just good to see people sometimes, you know, and just kind of reminisce and catch up and whatever. We're just social animals. We're social people. We like to be in a tribe. We like to be connected. We like to be together. We like to accomplish things as a as a whole, as a group. So it's, it was good to get out in public today after a few days of uh, kind of self-reflection and, and solace. So 
that was that. Um, one thing I forgot to do on Monday when I did the podcast Monday for Tuesday's episode is I told you I was going to try and incorporate a David Goggins thing because he releases something every Monday. So I was going to try and incorporate whatever he was talking about. And I've got what he said down here, but I haven't really incorporated it into my own thoughts. So I'm just going to give you his thoughts and then I'm going to move on to the story and just try and get out of here because I'm tired. I have to work again tomorrow. And uh, I, just, I need some guests on here, guys. I talked to uh, talked to Scott again tonight. I want to get him and Dave on, or he and Dave. Uh, Gordon's going to get on here eventually. eventually. I got Chris Tracy that worked with me at Lowe's. Um, I have a guy named Trent that runs his own podcast that uh, said he wants to be on. Just tons of people, man, that are going to get in here eventually, but I'm just, I've been kind of enjoying doing my own thing, to be honest, but it gets tough to figure out stuff to talk about all the time, and I try and go, you know, from podcast to podcast and just observe stuff. I mean, that's what I do. That's what the whole thing was about anyways, and that's what the Dale Stotts and the the uh, views from a bar stool was, is just observations, and I just, whether it's in the car, whether it's at the bar, whether it's uh, at my parents' house, whether it's out at a restaurant, I don't care where I am. I kind of just, I like to observe life, and I just like to look and see what what things are happening and how. So, shit, my damn, my memory is all full, man, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to free up some memory here. I don't know what the hell is going on, man. This damn surface sucks. It's really pissing me off. So I'm trying to uninstall crap because it's saying it doesn't have enough room to store my damn stuff. I gotta figure out how to store it somewhere else, I guess. But so I'm just uninstall, uninstalling some stuff real quick, so it will freaking work. All right. So before this thing cuts off again, and I've got to figure this damn thing out. So David Goggins today, he says, uh, "The grind is never ending. The second you think you have it made, that's the second you start to decline in life. It's great to look at your resume of things you've accomplished in life." Your resume is a tool you can use to remind yourself of all you have accomplished and overcome, but don't look at it so long that you are in awe of yourself. There is no countdown to greatness. If you are breathing, you should be grinding and always trying to get better. So, that's what David says today. I already said that on Monday, but... So, stand by one more second, guys. Alright, so... Before this thing craps out on me again, it's failed on me twice. I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm really starting to get irritated here. So this is a story. Um, I lived in uh, Valdosta, Georgia. I lived at 224 Blue, Blue Pool Drive. A buddy of mine, uh, Brian Sumter, lived at 265 Blue Pool Drive. And it was just kind of the place everybody hung out. It was the place everybody met before we went out for the night. Um, a lot of parties happened over there. Um, and a lot of crazy things, a lot of crazy stories. Uh, a lot of different people came through there. Uh, a couple of divorces went on through that house. Uh, multiple people stayed there, including me at one point, or during a slight separation in my marriage. So uh, a lot of things at 265 Blue Pool Drive. And Brian always said that he was going to write a book about it one day. And I, everybody kept encouraging him, but I was really encouraging him big time. And I said, man, Brian, write this damn book, man. I'm going to give you a story to even get you started. So I wrote 
the first and only story that I believe he received for the book. Give me one second. Ooh, man, that just gets better and better. So I think I submitted the only story for him. I called it The Movie. It was a short story that I just wrote. I sent it to him. Uh, we had a big thread going back and forth. I can't remember where it was. It might have been through email. There was no you know, Facebook, social media going on at this time. So I think it was just through email or something that we were sending this information back and forth. And I submitted the story. Nobody else submitted anything. I kept waiting and waiting. And I said, okay, well, nobody's going to, you're not going to write this book and you're not pushing anybody to submit any stories because it was going to be a collaboration of just stories, right? A collection of stories for this book. I said, if you're not going to write it, I'm going to write the damn book. So I took my one story and I just built a whole bunch of other stories around that. And I made it a memoir of my life at, uh, and my wife's and my kids and these all these other guys and the stories I made it a memoir of my life from 1992 to 1999 eight nine right in between those two two dates of my life in Valdosta Georgia so this is the first story and the story you know I don't know everybody just hung out man there was a lot of stories from 265 Blue Pool Drive so and when I started looking at this PDF that I've got saved, I, I started reminiscing about some of these things. And man, we had a good time down there in Van Osta. We were stupid, we were young, we were dumb, but we had a good time. So this is a story that I wrote, the first story for the book that Brian was supposed to write. And I said, fuck it. And I wrote the book myself. So here it goes. <clears throat> it's called The Movie. It's the title of the chapter. They say all the time that in a relationship there has to be a little give and take. Well, just recently we'd given my wife Brandy and her three girlfriends a girls' night out, and it was time for me and the guys to take advantage of a kitchen pass and have a little fun of our own. The kitchen pass is a phrase we'd made up, meaning the women had given us permission or a ticket to have a night out with friends. The girls, Brandy, Sam, Brian's wife, Juanita, Peanut's wife, and Cassandra, Tommy's wife, had gone out the previous night to have a few drinks and see a flick, although the difference between our kitchen pass and their night at the movie was that they actually saw the movie. You see, we were running a little late due to us holding them up and barely had time to make it to the theater, much less have drinks. When they returned, they were raving about the movie Tombstone that they had just seen. Tombstone, as we'd eventually find out, was a popular movie at the time starring a young Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell, about the Old West story of Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. So really, the girls had a pretty uneventful night, as they usually did, and were home early and unintoxicated. Regardless of what the girls had done or not done in this case, the guys were entitled to the kitchen pass agreed upon a day earlier. Brian, Peanut, and I, minus Tommy, decided that the very next night, a Wednesday I recall, we'd do the same thing as the girls, but make sure to leave early enough for a few drinks. The plan was to go to the China Garden. It's a very much harmless but fun karaoke Chinese restaurant a few short blocks from the neighborhood. We'd have some cocktails and then head directly across the street to see the early evening showing of Tombstone. The thought was harmless to say the least, but for some reason, the night went awry as they always seemed to do when alcohol was involved. That old saying, the best laid plans of mice and men, comes to mind. 
It was a rather chilly winter night and was teetering at negative 13 degrees Fahrenheit if it was 30 degrees. Can't remember exactly what month it was, but there was only a couple that would get that cold. All I know is it was early 1994. We all met where we always seem to meet on nights like these at 265 Blue Pool Drive. All right, we're just going to the China Garden for a couple of drinks, tops, and then go see the movie, I insisted as we crept slowly toward the door. Our wives were already holding us up, as we did, and I was ready to get out of there. You guys always say that shit, and then come home at 4.30 in the morning drunk as hell, warning us to wake up and give you a piece of ass. Sam laughed with the rest of the girls. Brandy put her two cents in. That's right, and let me tell you, that is not the best sex in the world. It might be fun for you guys, but we don't get very turned on by the smell of vomit and cigarette smoke. Not a good mixture. Look, Brian interrupted. We're just taking our turn, and we're really just going to see the damn movie. Why don't you guys ever believe us? Sam put herself in front of the door. Because you three never do what the hell you say you're going to do. Don't you come back over here tonight, because it will not be pretty. Brian and I kissed our wives, and Peanut hurriedly pushed Sam to the side, scurrying out the door. Peanut looked back and retorted, Whatever, can't we just go already before we miss the damn movie? We'll be back around 10. Brandy yelled to us as the car pulled away. You sure you guys don't need your jackets? It's going to be a really chilly night. We'd already cranked up the tunes and were heading down the road in my champagne-colored 1989 German Volkswagen Golf. We were in a rush because we wanted to make it to the happy hour between 5 and 7 p.m. for the drink specials and to get a little bit of of singing in before we headed to the show. The three of us had a big misconception that we could actually carry a tune and entertain the diverse crowd at least once a week. The movie wouldn't even start until somewhere between 7 and 7.30 p.m., so we had plenty of time to spare, considering it was only a little past 5. Once we arrived, we took a look around at the bar and saw the same familiar faces of the Frank Sinatra and Elvis impersonators, Brenda, the gracious DJ, and Susan and Todd behind the bar. We fell right into our usual chairs at our usual table. The main attraction during happy hour was a very potent and delicious Long Island iced tea with just a splash of soda for color that we ordered up immediately so as not to get behind in the count. We drank our first drinks, smiled at the festive atmosphere, and bobbed our heads to the amateur tunes coming out of the speakers. We downed those rather quickly and ordered up another round of the same. By this time, between 6.30 and 7, we'd sung at least two songs each and were feeling pretty loose. Three women were on the stage giving their rendition of some top 40 tune. Then we decided to jump up and chime in as we usually did. We really thought we, had, we were hot shit, or shit hot for some unknown reason. Didn't even know the song or the words, but as you know, this doesn't much matter at a karaoke bar since the words are right in front of you for seamless singing. The crowd gave us huge applause as we sat back down to finish off our second round, which was going down much smoother than the first. I think I was the first to hit the upstairs restroom since I've always been known for having a bladder the size of a chipmunk. I was soon joined by Peanut, who also had the Long Island Bladder, Long Island bladder calling his name. I was using the bowl while Peanut used the urinal behind me. There was a chair strategically positioned outside this room used for the next waiting patron. This chair was immediately inhabited by Brian, who was waiting for his turn to relieve himself. We ventured back downstairs separately, had a seat back at the table, and ordered up yet another round of the tasty concoction. Since time was of the essence, because happy hour was about to end, we ordered two 
iced teas apiece so we could save a few bucks and still make the flick. By now, on our fourth drink in only a couple of hours, we were feeling pretty damn good. Next thing we know, the disc jockey is calling our names. Brian, Brian and Peanut, come on down. And the crowd is cheering us up to the stage. We slowly made our way to the stage, letting the cheers linger a little bit longer and saying one of our favorite standbys, The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. The crowd went wild while loudly joining in, and the three of us were swept away feeling like the rock stars we thought we were while flying on our Long Island High. We downed our fourth drink quickly, thinking it would be the last before heading across the street to catch Tombstone, but by now, not only was my petite bladder feeling full, but I had that all-familiar lump in my throat like I had to vomit. I slowly got up from the table and without a word ventured up the long stairwell to visit the toilet. I was in the middle of sticking my finger down my neck and heaving into the porcelain when I noticed Peanut coming in for the same reason with Brian right behind him. The three of us were taking turns leaving our donations and making room for the next round of drinks. This was just the beginning of many more trips up those stairs that night. We all went back downstairs to the tunes of Love Me Tender by the Hawaiian Elvis and with empty mugs in hand, needed another drink. Brian ordered a plain light beer and Peanut and I requested a couple of slanty-eyed beers to fit in with the festive oriental theme. The music seemed to get louder and more and more jumbled until the place seemed to become an amusement park. Beginning to spin, we hugged the table so we wouldn't tip over. I ventured up, yet again, to release the toxins building up within my stomach and was, yet again, accompanied by my two best buddies so I wouldn't be alone. What pals! After heavily gripping the hard rail and venturing cautiously back downstairs to the now fully spinning ride in the tunes of New York, New York, being sung by the redneck Sinatra, we all sat back down and buckled up. At least I thought we all sat down. After about 30 minutes, Brian and I realized we were missing someone. Where the hell did Peanut go? Brian yelled across the table and over the music. I looked around to see if I could spot him. I got no idea. He was right with us, I thought. He can't be far. Brian took a drag off of his smoke. That dude could get lost in his own damn thoughts if he wasn't careful, he said as he exhaled. Pass me a damn napkin. My lip has a hole in it, laughing as he wiped some booze off the front of his shirt. Well, he'd gone back to visit the toilet once again, which we realized when when he returned stumbling into his chair and sitting down quickly, smelling of a mixture of liquor and bile. We were all of a sudden being called to the stage with the call, Brian, Brian and Peanut, screaming across the speakers once again. We'd forgotten we had put our names in on a request napkin to sing yet another one of our hits, Desperado by the Eagles. Eagles. Man, I can't speak, guys. Desperado by the Eagles. We stumbled to the stage, mumbled through the song while holding each other up with our arms across one another's shoulders and quickly sat back down. All of a sudden, we looked around and Peanut was gone again. We waited for our buddy to return. After 30 to 40 minutes, we realized he was missing in action, lost somewhere in the crowded park. Brian and I climbed laboriously, almost on all fours, up the seemingly never-ending stairs to the bathroom, hoping to find our third member happily sharing his Japanese brew with the porcelain god. We were surprised when he was nowhere to be found. We lunged back downstairs, awkwardly missing every other step, to the bright lights and the raging flood of blurry people in our own personal amusement park, and looked to see our friend had still not yet returned to his seat. 
The idea came to us all of a sudden that he must have left the ride for some fresh air in the frigid outdoors. We left, skipping out on the bill, mind you, and ventured out to find Peanut sitting on the front of my Volkswagen German sedan hatchback, heaving up some of his final libations. Uh, sorry, guys, I keep checking to see if this thing's still recording. Peanut slurred while buckered over his knees. Guys, I'm not feeling too good. I think I really, I'm really ready to go. Being the somewhat responsible lads that we were, we all looked at each other and in unison said, no, wing is driving, no one is driving tonight. At this point, and to our dismay, we knew we must walk home. We ventured out on Ashley Drive into the light traffic of the weekend and began the hike of our lives, our weeknight, and began the hike of our lives. The wind was blowing something fierce, bringing the wind chill factor to an unbearable level, and it just so happened Peanut wasn't wearing a coat. Not knowing we'd be braving the elements that night, Brandy tried to warn us. The trek seemed to take three times as long as it should have, but that might have been because for every one step forward, we took three steps backwards. Peanut began to break after the first grueling quarter mile and stated in a scared kid voice, I'm not going to make it, guys. You guys save yourselves and go on without me. I was on one side of Peanut and Brian was on the other side. Peanut was shivering like a leaf and rubbing his arms with his hands. He took his one step forward and tripped over his own feet, shoe falling to the hard, cold ground. A few cars whipped by, making the windshield even more unbearable. We never leave a man behind, and Brian and I encouraged young Peanut by assuring him we'd be home in no time. Just hang in there, old buddy, I said. I don't know if he heard us, since his left ear was now lying in his own vomit, but he seemed to be staying coherent, although his entire body was now shivering uncontrollably. Brian stood him up, and we began walking again. We were practically carrying him. His shoes weren't even touching the ground. Brian, this isn't going to work all the way to the house. We need to somehow pick his ass up. Brian, being out of shape, was breathing heavily already. He's too damn heavy for that. How the hell are we going to carry him? I thought back to my medical training. How about I do a fireman's carry? That always seemed, to, that always seemed so easy when we practice it during the war exercises. I could carry him that way for a little while, and then we could switch off. Sure, you could do that, but I could barely carry a tune tonight, much less Peanut. Just hold him for a second, will you? I lowered my left shoulder in between Peanut's legs, grabbed his left arm with my right hand. I lifted as hard as I could with my legs and my back and hoisted him onto my shoulders, almost tumbling backwards in the process. He was lying across the back of my neck, and I shifted his arm from my right, to my, from his right, from my right hand to my left. Looks just like it does in practice, Brian cried. How does it feel? Pretty damn heavy. Would you just start walking before he lands on the ground again? Some half a block later, Peanut stated in a meek, almost inaudible voice, We got to stop. I'm freezing here, guys. I won't make it to the rest of the way if we don't stop for a minute. After what seemed to be at least an hour, we reached a very inviting local grocery store and decided it might be a good idea to take a breather and defrost inside giving Peanut a chance of surviving our hike. Peanut looked white as a ghost, and all of a sudden, all of us looked bothered and torn. The many patrons seemed to be watching us intently and holding on to their belongings like we'd just sprung free from Valdosta's finest jail cell. I realized I was still carrying Peanut on my shoulder, and I bent over to slowly let him roll off into the slump standing position. I took him by the shoulders and shook him a little. I was afraid... He would shatter from being frozen. 
Dude, you had a scare there for a minute. You are one heavy son of a bitch, you know that? He whispered. You didn't have to carry me, but thanks. Why are all these people staring at us? Because I just carried you in here like I pulled you out of a burning building. They must think we kidnapped you or something, I'm sure. We'd be on the front page of about Austin Daily Times, I laughed. Brian heard us up. You laugh, but we will be in jail before the night's over if you two don't shut up. We need to get moving. We are already in trouble enough with our wives. I don't need to be warmed up by Biff, the serial killer. We collected our bearings, warmed up a bit, and decided it was time to make our move once we realized it was now reaching way past midnight. We still had ground to travel. We forged out in our one-step-for-three-step fashion, and after listening to Peanut's dying wishes, finally made it back to the front porch of 265 Pluepool Drive. We opened the door quietly, but it came off with the sound of a crashing 747. Sam was sure to be asleep in the bedroom, so we had to be discreet. We had nothing to worry about. We all three would go in, sober up a bit, and then Peanut and I would travel a few more blocks to our respective houses. Peanut found a spot on the love seat, which was the closest piece of furniture to the door. He crashed down on the cushions with a moan. Brian and I lurched up on the couch. I had my head in my hands to stop the spinning while peering down at the torn carpet, and I knew the time had come to visit Brian's inviting guest bathroom. I put my hand on my knee and pushed myself up. Tripping over the coffee table, I clumsily made my way to the door of the bathroom. I reached up and grabbed at both sides of the door jamb for balance. Brian asked if I was all right. I nodded in the darkness and flipped on the light. I moved in. I kneeled down and positioned myself at the cold bowl and gingerly placed an index finger in my mouth when I felt a gentle nudge from my pal Brian, telling me to make room for him. We both gave the fruits of our last drinks into the bowl and at the same time heard a less noisy splash in the sink from Peanut and realized we were all sharing the same glorious moment of a guy's night out on a kitchen pass. The sound was like a fine three-piece orchestra, and we shared our first yet brief laugh since the early moments of an amusement park ride that started over seven hours earlier. After relieving ourselves, we took our respective places back on the well-used living room furniture. All of a sudden, the ride came to a screeching halt when Sam darted from the bedroom. She yelled at the top of her lungs, What in the hell is going on in here? You guys got to go home. Get up and get the fuck out. Peanut popped up. I'm really sorry, Sam, he said he was at the door, as he was at the door before I could get my head out of my hands. I told Brian, I love you, man. Talk to you later. And was immediately right behind Peanut on the other side of the door, hearing it slam behind us and lock. Peanut and I were once again out braving the elements, trying to make it past the last seven houses down Blue Pool Drive to my house. Peanut stated, it is way too cold, man. I'm not going to make it. As I wrapped my arm around him for warmth, and before you know it, we were in my driveway. I couldn't bear the thought of my friend dying on the last leg of our journey that night, so I reached in my pocket and clumsily pulled out my keys to start up my Zuzu Trooper that was parked in the front driveway. I'm going to give you a ride the rest of the way home, buddy. Before I could open the driver's side door, a flash of light from the opening front door hit my half-closed eyes, and there was my beautiful wife darting to my side. Sam must have phoned and given her a heads up that the drunks were on their way. She sternly told me, Brian, you are not driving him home. Now go inside and wait on me to get back. This was very generous of my wife, and I slowly went inside like I was told and yelled back to Peanut, I will see you tomorrow. 
as I hit the doorway. I waited inside for what seemed like an eternity, and finally Brandy returned. She walked past me and headed through the kitchen toward the bedroom where she closed the door behind her. I was lost in a daze and feeling pretty secure, bobbing and weaving in the middle of the dark living room. I stood there with my eyes closed and waited for my punishment for what must have been an hour, if it was 30 minutes, when Brandy came back asking, What the hell are you doing? Why are you still standing there looking like an idiot in the middle of the damn room? I was startled out of my dream world. I mumbled, Nothing, baby. Just got to pee. And I calmly went to the bathroom, relieved myself once more before taking my usual place on the couch while hearing the click and lock of my bedroom door in the distance. While drifting off to sleep, I was amused, bewildered, and amazed at how differently our wives handled the situation that night. Sam was the biggest bitch and lost all control. Brandy was the calmest and let it blow over. Or maybe she was just adding up the insults to injury to later throw back in my face when I least expected it. Hmm. Anyhow, the night was finally over. We were all still drunk. Our houses were dark. And the difference was that they actually saw the movie. Talk to you soon, guys.